0: Church. Praise God. My name is Pastor Jeff Jackson. I am the pastor here of the Deaf Church for the past few years, since 2005. Wow. It's been a long time, but praise God. Maybe you haven't met me, or maybe you didn't know that we meet together at the Deaf Church here every Sunday morning in the C building. And we've been doing that ever since 2005. We have Bible study every week. And I want to humbly tell LBC Church family, very great thank you for all of your amazing support of our Deaf Church. And we've been able to sustain and continue worshiping the Lord, learning his word in American sign language. Wow. Thank you so much for your support, your faithfulness through the years. It truly is a blessing. And what's more, you know only 2% of deaf people worldwide know about Jesus. 2%. Know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. How many deaf people live in the world? About 70 million deaf people live in the world, and only 2% of those know Jesus. And deaf people are really the third largest unreached people group around the world. So this church. LBC provides a place for the deaf people to gather and learn and experience God's blessings. So thank you so much for your amazing support of the Deaf Church. And may God bless you for that. Amen. I don't typically use the word happy. I prefer to use the word joy, joy. It's a joy to be here with all of you. The hearing and deaf coming together to worship, spend time in God's word. Praise God for that. And you know, this morning, I'm reading from the passage of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 32 to 39. That is our scripture passage this morning. And this is a story about Jesus. And he's telling his disciples, I have great compassion for these people. Compassion on the people. On the crowds. There were over 4,000 people who had come. And Jesus felt compassion for them. Because they had been there for three days and Jesus was teaching the crowds and they were ready to go on their way and go home, but he didn't want to send them away hungry. He said, as they travel on the road, they may become weak and tired because they haven't eaten any food. So he wanted to feed them before they left. And he told the disciples, I have great compassion for these people. And the disciples replied, where would we get enough food? How could we feed all these people? There's no Costco nearby. Where are we in the middle of the wilderness, the desert? We're out in the desert. We're not in the middle of a city with homes and markets. We are out in the desert. And the disciples told Jesus, where will we get enough food for them to eat? The attitude of the disciples was a little skeptical, a little doubtful. Again, I say again because chapter 15, we're in verses 32 to 39. But in chapter 14, Jesus had just fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And he had spread that among the crowd and they were fulfilled. And this is happening a second time. And now we have 4,000 people. And Jesus says, I have compassion on them. They haven't eaten in three days. I care about them. And the disciples are like, again, where are we going to get the food this time? That's their attitude. Now Jesus says, how much bread do you have? How many loaves? They say, we have seven loaves of bread and a few fish. So they gather it together. And Jesus takes the seven loaves of bread and the few fish, and he lifts it up to God and gives God thanks for it. And then he spreads it among the 4,000 men and they all eat happily until they are full, and besides, there are women and children, and all together, I don't know, maybe between six to 12,000 people all gathered, and they all eat until they're full, and they say, how much is left? Seven baskets full of leftovers, wow, and the people are full. And Jesus says, now you can go home and travel on your way safely with energy and your full stomachs. Go on your way. That is our Bible story today from Matthew chapter 15, verses 32 to 39. So this morning, as I'm reading from the scripture, one word stands out to me, and that is compassion. Compassion. The sign for compassion, what do you guys think? You sign compassion. But where does compassion come from? From God. And so we should sign compassion like this. It's not from myself. God's love gives us compassion. And so for you hearing church members, do you want to join us in signing? Compassion. Mm -hmm. Remember the facial expression goes along with it. Don't use a blank face. You have to have expression. Ooh, Compassion. Yes, good job. Good. Good job. That is compassion. In God's Word, we take this word compassion this morning and really dive into the meaning behind the word compassion. What does it mean? In Lamentations, In the Old Testament, Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 through 23. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His love never fails. His mercies never come to an end. His compassion protects us from destruction. Great is your faithfulness. Great is His compassion that is new every morning. Every day it is fresh, it's new every day and always. Now, in the Old Testament, it explains what God's compassion means. Let me give you a little example. There are three different words. Sympathy is the first word. Sympathy. And what does that mean? If someone is sick or someone loses a member of their family or a situation arises, you may feel sympathy for someone. You're touched and you want to write a card and tell them how you feel sorry for what they're going through. They're hurt. That is sympathy. But there's nothing more than that. You don't take any action behind it. You just share your feelings with them. That's sympathy. A second word we can look at Is empathy empathy and that means when a person is hurting maybe they're sad or they're grieving something happened I participate with them I feel their hurt I participate in their grieving together and that also does not remove the pain of what they're going through sympathy and empathy both can do nothing to remove the person's pain. Maybe you just send a get well card, but it doesn't take away their pain. Empathy, yes, you participate and you feel with them, but you also don't take away their pain. And maybe you've felt those two emotions before. Maybe you've experienced that feeling you've experienced sympathy, you've experienced empathy, and you've been with someone when they're hurting and you've spent time with them. But that does not have any action to remove their pain. Now, the word compassion is a deep, strong emotion that says you're hurting and not only do I want to participate, but I want to remove your pain. I want to do something to remove your pain. And I see compassion in our Bible here. The Hebrew word for compassion is racham. Racham. It's a Hebrew word. Racham means, from the womb. As I read it, I see, oh. The reason it's speaking of the womb is because you know a mother who is pregnant with a baby. The mom goes through nine months of carrying the baby. And they're so joyful, so emotional. The bond they have with that child, they cherish that child as it grows in the womb. And when the baby is born, what happens? Baby cries, screams, and the mother sees that baby crying and takes action to remove their pain by drawing the baby into her chest immediately to calm the baby down, feeding the baby, covering them with a blanket, giving them a bath, bonding with them. That is racham. And it means a deep, strong emotion to desire to remove their pain. That Hebrew word, now if we look The English word, compassion, means God demonstrates compassion to people, to those 4,000 hungry people. Jesus says, oh, they're hungry. So does he send them a sympathy card? I'm so sorry you're hungry. Goodbye. No. What does he do? Yes. Yes. He shows compassion. He understands their physical need. And he wants to take away their hunger with seven loaves of bread. He lifts it to God, thanks God for it, and then shares it with the people. And they eat. And they're full. And he takes away the pain of hunger. That is compassion. Now, God's compassion, again, is so powerful. It's powerful. It's a beautiful word, it's deep. And I think that word is at the top of the list above sympathy above empathy the word compassion its rightful place is at the top of the list when God looks at us as sinners rebellious hurt struggling frustrated our life is overwhelmed by our situations Marriages falling apart, situations with our job, finances, politics, all these different worries of the world. Is at war? And this all piles into our lives and causes pain, depression, grief. And how does God remove that hurt? And who could remove our hurt? Could I remove the hurt? No. Can the church remove the hurt? Who? Only God. And he shows us his compassion, his deep emotional participation in our lives. He desires to take action to remove our hurt. And how? In Romans, Chapter 6, verse 6, it says, Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives, put to death. It loses its power no more to sin, have power over my life. We are no longer slaves to sin. That is the good news, right? Amen. That is the good news. Where did our sins go? Where did our hurt go? Where did our suffering go? Where did our bitterness go? Where did our anger go? They were crucified on the cross. Jesus took it on through the nails that pierced his hands and feet. Why was Jesus killed? To remove our sin, our hurt, our suffering. He removed it. No more are we slaves to sin. No more. Sin was put to death. Praise God. Thank God for his compassion for all of us. Why? Because he loved us. He loved us. He cares for us. He wants a relationship with each of us. He wants our hurt and our suffering and our sins. He says, give it to me. Let's put it on the cross. He will kill it, destroy it, and remove it. He's the only one, so praise God. Sometimes we forget because we allow our hurt to stay with us, we think we can control it, we can figure it out, but that doesn't work. And that's what happened with King David. In the Bible, David, when he sinned against God, what did he do? He had an affair with another woman, and that other woman had a husband and his her husband was out at war the woman was named bathsheba i won't go on and on but in that situation david thought he could hide his sin until someone approached him the prophet came to him and he Convicted David in his heart. And David took off and fell on his face before the Lord and said, I'm wrong. My actions did not honor God. My actions destroyed so many people's lives. I am so sorry for my sin. And David confessed to the Lord, his sin. And what did God do? What did God do? He showed David his compassion. Compassion. Forgiveness. He washed away and removed his sins. Psalm chapter 51, verse 1 says, and this is David speaking, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy to me. Blot out all my transgressions. Gone. Forgiven. Yes, that's right. David looked to God and recognized his compassion. There was nothing in this world that is so dirty, so awful, so ugly, so same shameful, or so much hurt that God cannot have. Mercy for us and compassion on us. God doesn't say, oh, there's that one suffering that's too much and too deep. I'll just have to write you a sympathy card. No. God wants to be involved in your life. He wants to take action to remove it so that you don't live with that hurt in your life for the rest of your life. And that is the message of hope that we need to share with others. We need to tell everyone this good news, this message of hope. How thrilling. There's nothing else in the world that can do that. Nothing. Just like in the song we sang this morning during worship, we proclaim Jesus. Is the only one who can come down in our lives. He's the only one who came to us to cleanse us. There was no other person that could do it. Wow. Let me tell you my personal story. When I was 11 years old, my dad was an alcoholic and he left the family overnight. He went out, he was gone. I was 11 and he left my mom, my two brothers, the four of us, he abandoned us and took off. How did I feel? I was hurt, I was lost. I was grieving and angry. My dad was my football coach growing up. He was my basketball coach growing up. He was my baseball coach growing up. And he left and I was 11. Oh, that left me bitter, angry and hurt, and lost. And I carried that with me through age 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. I carried that with me. It was terrible. It was not pretty. I was hurting. At age 20, I met Jesus. And I put my faith in him. I believed in Jesus that he died on the cross, that he forgave my sins. I believed that Jesus was buried and three days later rose from the grave and he beat darkness, death, and sin, and the power of Satan was crushed. I believed it. I trusted. What the Bible says, and put my faith in Him. And the grace of God came into my life and saved me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, The grace of God came in and saved me. From there, I learned and understood about God's compassion. I was still bitter and angry about what my dad did. And I went to God, and I said, take it away. I don't want the pain. I don't want the bitterness. I don't want the anger. I surrender it to you. Take it. And God took it, took it all, all the pain, all the bitterness, all the anger, all of it. He took it when I surrendered. Praise God. And I took the next step. And I reconnected with my dad many years later. I said, God, I forgive, or Dad, I forgive you and I love you. And he was no longer an alcoholic, he was a changed man. How did all of this happen? Because of compassion. God's compassion. I've experienced his compassion in my life. I understand. And I can turn around and show that compassion to others, to other people, and especially to the deaf church. I have his compassion for them, for their lives, so that they may have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's my desire. That's my burden. That's my will. Because I can't take away your pain. I can't take away your sin. Who can? Jesus. Jesus. So my prayer is that you would come to God and allow the power of his compassion to infiltrate your lives and remove the hurt, whatever you are going through, whatever your struggles, doubt, saying, I can't, it's too hard. It's my life growing up. Look at me. I'm going through the same thing. I've been through terrible things growing up. Look at me here, standing in front of you, presenting the gospel, the word of God. I'm still doing this 30 years later. Praise God. There is nothing that I did, JJ. It's not about my name. It's all his doing through his compassion. And that is why I go to the state prison every Monday in Corcoran. I've been going there for 20 years. And what do I do? I bring them the message of hope. Because I have his compassion for their lives. They're hurting. They're drowning in their sins. It's terrible, the crimes that they've committed. Murder, robbery, rape. There's a long list of things. And I can share the message in their language, sign language. Praise God. I can bring many of them to change lives. And when they go home, they go back to their families again in their marriages, with their children, in their workplace. They follow the law. Praise God. And how does all of that happen? Compassion. God's compassion. Last Sunday, Haiti reached out to me. We have a deaf school and church in Haiti, and we've been supporting them through the years, and they're doing wonderful, awesome. It's such a blessing. Last Sunday, one deaf woman who's very young, about 25 or 30, somewhere in there, showed up at the church crying, weak. She's lost a lot of weight. She's very hungry, in fact, starving. And she hadn't eaten for five to seven days or two weeks. She's not sure. She hadn't eaten. So the deaf church, what did they do? They demonstrated compassion. They got involved with action and helped her starvation. They gathered rice and beans, but she couldn't eat. She tried to eat, but because the starvation was so far gone, it prevented her from eating. She didn't have an appetite. So the deaf church brought her to the hospital. They brought her to the hospital and they were able to give her an IV. And after hours, now you have to understand the deaf have no money, but they share. So they all contributed their coins and they brought it to the doctor. and she got a little bit better, and she was able to eat. What a beautiful, powerful story because of compassion. She was starving. They didn't write her a sympathy card. They didn't show her sympathy. They didn't hunger with her. They didn't say, I share in your suffering. No. They took compassion. They took action. They gathered around her and gave her food. And when that didn't work, they brought her to the hospital. They took action. And that is what compassion means. Now, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says, 12 to 13 says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, You must put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against the other, Forgiving each other. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive others. Remember, Jesus fed 4,000 people who were hungry. And Jesus had compassion for them. Compassion because of their hunger. And Jesus was patient and kind and humble. He told the disciples, I feel for them. I feel compassion for them. And the disciples said, Again, what are we going to do? Where are we going to get the food? Why didn't the disciples say, oh, remember what just happened where we fed the 5,000 people with bread and fish and we thanked God? Remember how everyone was full? I remember that. Well, here we have seven loaves of bread. Let's do it again and praise God and thank him for the food, right? But they didn't do that. They forgot, they missed out. Jesus is asking us again, now we gotta feed 4,000 people? What's wrong with this picture? What happened? This is just the same way that some of us behave. Maybe we experience the forgiveness of God, the freedom. He's changed our lives. And then later, problems come up. Conflict arises. Oh, no. Again, what do I do? Remember what God has done for you before. Yes. I remember and use that, bring that same approach to the next situation. Use that. When problems come up, you already know how God helped you before. The problem is, maybe you haven't experienced God's compassion yet. Maybe you haven't gone to God and received removal of your sins, removal of your hurt, removal of your suffering. Maybe you haven't surrendered that to God. And when you do, and you experience that, you know how to show compassion to others. But if you haven't, experienced a relationship with God, you'll have a hard time showing his compassion to others. You will have a hard time. You will struggle. You will be frustrated, and you will avoid certain things because you haven't met with God and received his compassion. We are encouraged To show his compassion to others. Who needs his compassion? Our families, our children, our marriages, our friends, our church, our community. The whole world needs God's compassion. Through us, through our lives. Now, for those of you who are in small group classes, Bible studies, I've put 11 questions for your study. For those of you in small groups, that you're able to pull out and discuss in your small group class, maybe your family, take the time and use this, these 11 questions to talk about this week, and maybe even with your family for Thanksgiving. Talk about God's compassion. Have a conversation. What does it mean? How can we help each other understand the meaning of God's compassion and have a strong, deep conversation Emotional desire to take action to help others remove their pain. Jesus is full of life. His life is an example of compassion. And how do we know that? In the four Gospels of the Bible, as you study and read through the Gospels, you will find many times where Jesus showed compassion. So many different people. The sick, those who were struggling to walk, the spiritually dead, the demon-possessed, Jesus showed, demonstrated his compassion over and over again in each of their lives through his actions, removing sickness, healing, Casting out demons. Raising people back to life. On and on and on, we see examples throughout his life because of his compassion. Praise God for that. Now, this week, we know Thanksgiving's coming, right? So what do we do? We give thanks to God for his compassion on all of our lives. And we thank God that Jesus came to die on the cross to take away our sins, our pain, our suffering, to remove it. Thank you, God. Thank him for taking action to remove my pain from outside causes, from issues in the family, from trauma, and the list goes on. All this pain, thank you, God, for coming into my life and removing it. Now, before we close, What's more, what we need to keep in mind is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells us and helps us, guides us, encourages us, supports us, and teaches us and shows us step by step along the way through the power of the Holy Spirit. He enters our lives and he helps us change your mindset. To instead of focusing on the world and all the troubles of the world, focus on God. Cleans out our thoughts, our hearts. Gives us opportunity to study and learn in the word and have communion with God and be inspired and blessed. Be thankful for the Holy Spirit. He shows us how to show compassion to others. And I encourage every one of you to experience that, to go to God and allow His compassion to enter your life and remove your hurt. Because He loves you like crazy. crazy. His love is so amazing for all of you and the entire world. That's why the Bible is powerful, right? There is nothing in this world that can destroy God's word. Nothing. It is powerful. We continue to praise God. Praise God. Thank him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. You are so awesome. Thank you for giving us your word and showing us your compassion. for all of us. And as we open your word, it is so meaningful, shows us the great love, how you cherish us with great emotion. Every one of us, you take action in our lives. You sent Jesus to die on the cross, to remove our sins, our pain, our suffering, our trauma, and every other thing. Lord, you've removed it. We thank you. I pray that we would all experience your compassion and we would show it to others. Maybe those who are struggling, hurting, suffering, in sin, in anger, in bitterness. I pray that we would share with them the message that they can turn to you. And your compassion would remove their pain. Thank you for your amazing love and mercy. You care for all of us so much. Father, protect us as we leave today, this week. May we continue to carry your compassion and show it to others this week through Thanksgiving holiday. And may that be a ripple effect to protect us from a negative outside worldly things that cause worry and shame. Protect us. May we follow you, trust you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless every one of you.
1: Uh, Thank you for communicating so well God's compassion for us through Jesus Christ. And thank you for our brothers and sisters from the deaf community joining us this morning. Thank you. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the family ministries pastor here at LBC. And every first and third Sunday, we... Celebrate Communion. And it's fitting that Pastor Jeff speaks and spoke and preached about God's compassion because that's exactly what we get to celebrate when we remember the bloodshed and the body that was broken for us by Jesus Christ. And so when I, when I think about communion, uh, I'm reminded of what I usually share with, with kids during our baptism class. And our we talk about communion as well. And I'll ask the question, why do we celebrate communion? And a big reason why is because we are forgetful people. We forget what God has done for us. And so Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, as he's having Passover meal with his disciples, the man that he's poured into and invested and loved on for three, three and a half years, he communicates to them that, I want you to do something to remember me. And that continues on to today as a church, as we we celebrate communion to remember what Jesus has done for us. And it's God's compassion through that action that we celebrate. And so for those of you who are a believer in Jesus Christ, we encourage you to partake with us this morning. If you're here this morning and and you're not, as, as Pastor Jeff preached on, if you have not surrendered to Christ if you do not believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, then we ask that you would just pass on taking communion with us this morning. But think about what Jesus has done for you. And please, we encourage you to come and talk to us after church. Anybody who has a lanyard or anybody who's up here uh, on the stage, we encourage you to come talk to us. We'd love to tell you more about Christ. But part of communion is one thing we do is we, we examine. We confess our sins and we examine our hearts before God. And we think and reflect on what Jesus has done for us. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to spend a few minutes just to confess sin, to examine your hearts, reflect on that in prayer. And then we're going to come back and we're going to take the the cup and the bread together. So why don't you go ahead and take a, a moment to do that. Thank mm-hmm. you. read from Luke chapter 22. We'll start in verse 14. And when the hour came, he reclined at table. Jesus is reclining, relaxing, spending time with his disciples, enjoying being with them and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fil- fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he says, and he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We take the bread. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Let me take the cup. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for your great compassion for us. God, not only are you our our creator, but you are our redeemer. Knowing that there is no way that we can earn or do or work to try to make a broken relationship with you because of sin. We can't make that right. And God, you know that. And you made a plan in Jesus' is the solution. Thank you that he shed his blood and he gave his body for us so that we can have a relationship with you. And it's only by Jesus, only through Jesus, that we can have a right relationship with you. So God, we thank you for that. Thank you for your word that we proclaim the Lord's death when we partake in communion until you come. Lord, so thank you for this amazing gift. Thank you for your amazing compassion for us. Father, may we celebrate, may we praise you and worship you in response to that, Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for your great compassion and love for us. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.